Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. friends. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast today one of my dear friends, Isaiah Bailey. Isaiah is a fellow alumni of Oklahoma City University. We actually grew up really close to each other in Arkansas and our paths finally crossed last May at an OCU NYC alumni gathering on a rooftop in New York City. From afar, I saw how big his talent was and the power behind his presence and giftings. But now being his friend, I've gotten to truly experience the spirit of the Lord through Isaiah's life and friendship. Isaiah has a voice that lifts up worship to the Lord through his storytelling, but also one that he uses to speak powerfully to younger generations about the goodness of God. Isaiah, welcome to the show. I'm honored to have you here and so excited for the listeners to hear your story. And I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. So when did you graduate from OCU? Because I know you graduated, but I just don't know when. (laughs) I graduated in 2014. Amazing. Our paths barely missed each other. Barely missed each other. (laughs) And then we met in New York City. So crazy. in New York City of all places. And and literally growing up in the same town, it's very interesting that we never never, uh, crossed paths. That's wild. So wild. I was so glad that OCU NYC uh, did that alumni event. Mm -hmm. We have such a beautiful community of alumni in the city who are just working to support artists and to kind of usher every class into the city. And yeah, that was just a really special night, I think. And so I'm really glad we met and that we can now have this conversation. Likewise. (laughs) Today. Um, I think something I've learned in the past year of pursuing a career in New York City is that there truly is no one path or journey. I mean, you and I both know that. I think it's Mm -hmm. easy for performers to believe the lie that there's some right way or method to it all, but we know that there are only individuals with unique giftings, um, with specific and purposeful Mm -hmm. paths. uh, and, And that can mean our journeys look really different which is crazy so um as christians we know that every open door or closed door is god's hand on our life Mm -hmm. and the rejection and the opportunities are all for a purpose but i think the the surrender and the journey to believing that is one of the most challenging aspects of being an artist would you share with us what that journey has been like for you since graduation and uh, kind of speak on um, maybe the surrender uh, mm-hmm. that that's taken? For sure. Um, my journey is very interesting because I was not planning to go into musical theater. Um, when I first entered school, I was wanting to be an opera singer and I was studying opera. And um, 
that was just not working out for me in my heart. One, because I was lazy and being an opera student, you know, um, or an opera singer, it takes a lot of dedication. I mean, just being um, a student period, it, there's a lot of dedication that you have to have. Um, and being a musical theater major, that's that takes a lot of dedication. But there's another level of dedication that you have to have as an opera uh, singer, because there's just so much um, that goes into it. And I just felt this um, perfection, um, mentality that I just could never meet that perfection mentality that was, I thought at the time expected of me. And it just made me always feel like I was failing. And I, I didn't think I was good enough, um, to, to compete and to be able to be cast in operas when I graduated school and, and to be this solo opera singer that I wanted to be a concert opera singer. Um, and so college, just kind of opened the door of musical theater to me. It was a little bit, um, there, there was more freedom for me to, um, to be who I was um, and who I am uh, as an artist and as a person and to bring that artistry into, um, into what I was uh, doing. Um, and I, I didn't feel like I could do that um, as an opera singer. I didn't know how to do it and I didn't want to take the time to figure out how to do it. Uh, so I kind of leaned toward musical theater um, outside of school while also still studying opera. And so um, the world of musical theater just blew me away and I was just coming back for more and more. And so graduating from school, um, I actually stayed an extra semester um, because of college algebra. I do not believe um, algebra came from God. I'm joking, <laughs> but I do not like math at all. And so I stayed an extra semester um, at school. So I graduated in 2014 in the fall and I had auditioned the that year to be a part of the showcase. And I made showcase and did not uh, get a chance to do it because you were supposed to be done with all of your credits by graduation. And I was going to take the um, college algebra during the summertime um, and finish, but it had to be done. So I was not able to do showcase. And uh, I ended up staying after kicking and fighting, staying an extra semester, which turned out to be like the best semester I had ever had, even though I was taking, you know, college algebra and a few other classes. Um, but God showed up like never before in that last semester that I didn't want to take. Um, I had so many wonderful opportunities to meet so many wonderful people, to sing so many places. I mean, my schedule was just hectic of opportunities for me to be able to share my gift just in that last semester. And God was just providing uh, opportunities for me to choose. And like, it's like, choose this, choose this, whatever you want to do. And it was an amazing season. Um, and then because I was technically a part of the 2014, 2015 school year, they allowed me to audition again for showcase. So I auditioned for showcase and I just stayed around Oklahoma city for a little bit, um, and did the rehearsals and all of that and ended up going to showcase. And, um, was able to meet with some agents and then decided upon an agent and was preparing to move to New York in August of 2015. So I'm um, getting ready to move to New York. Um, this is a, 
uh, maybe the third week of August, 2015, I'm moving to New York that weekend. I get a call from Sight and Sound Theaters and they asked me to uh, come and be an immediate replacement for someone that was leaving within three weeks. And I was like, um, I'm getting ready to move to New York. Uh, but God had this amazing plan for me to move to Branson, Missouri to work at Sight and Sound Theater. And uh, it just worked out smoothly. So I have learned just looking back on that time that the verse, um, which comes from uh, Psalm 37 verse four, and it says, uh, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, used to think like, all these dreams and visions and aspirations that I had that God was just going to pour them all out, you know, upon me. And I never dreamed of being a Broadway performer. I grew up wanting to sing gospel music and I wanted to be a gospel singer. And that is it. Musical theater was nowhere in my, in my mm. view at the time. Opera was nowhere in my view. Performing period in that regard was nowhere in my view. And as I began to surrender to the Lord, um, my my will uh, to to move to New York um, because I was really moving. I was really nervous, but I was really moving because everybody was telling me, Isaiah, you need to get to New York. You need to get to New York. You know, it, there's so many opportunities for you, especially right now. You need to you need to get there. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get to New York. These people know what they're talking about, but. Um, while I was making that decision to do that, I was also keeping the Lord first in those um, in those decisions. And I was like, Lord, you just lead and you guide me. I don't know what to do right now. And I'm not hearing clarity on what I should do. But as I was delighting myself in him and and trying to 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 please him in all of my decisions and be what he wanted me to be and um, and making sure that he was the head of my life he began to open up these doors. So I believe sometimes we miss, um, interpret that scripture where it says he will give you the desires of your heart, but that's when we delight ourselves in him, mm -hmm. that his desires become our desires. Uh, wow. And and it just makes everything so much easier to just to just walk in those things that he has for us, they begin to make sense because when we're delighting ourselves in him, our heart is becoming like his heart. And so our desires are becoming his desires. And he just flood those, those doors open for us. Even the closed doors that come, there is, there is a blessing um, through the closed doors because it provides opportunity for you know, the next open door uh, to come or it provides an opportunity for you to meet someone that you're going to work with later on or maybe that day you needed to go to that audition because that casting director just got a call from his family or something or her family and they're going through something and your song needed to minister to their hearts you know mm. and so every every opportunity is an opportunity for someone to experience God and not only that person to experience God but for you to experience God and um and so I am a human just like everyone else. And I get frustrated when, when I really want something and I don't get it, but I right. try to, I try to give myself my 22nd rule to like take the moment to feel bad. But after 20 seconds, I need to move on because God is doing something and I need to trust that that closed door uh, is for a reason. Now, 
sometimes doors are closed because we are not prepared and we we don't do you know what we're supposed to do and that's okay because there's grace and god allows our path to just take a detour and he'll bring us right back to where we need to be and what is for us is for us it cannot be hindered you know god is going to give um us what he desires to give us um yeah i uh, that's all i'm gonna say about that because i i can go on and on and on that's a word isaiah especially what stood out to me is it it just felt like you were saying like we have to take our eyes off ourselves and, mm-hmm. and put our eyes on god um, and delight ourselves in him. And a lot, yes. I mean, sometimes that means rejection. And like you said, mm-hmm. rejection can really be protection in the way that he's closing doors for us and opening yes. other doors and realizing that every single opportunity, like even if it's just an opportunity to walk in a room and sing a song that day is mm-hmm. an opportunity to um, minister to people and for God to speak through yes. uh, your performance. So wow, that was um, really encouraging to me to hear too amen so uh, let's talk about jesus come on i was was watching one of your performance videos where you told your story and you said i really 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 love god (laughs) and that just made me smile because that is so you and i just Mm -hmm. i loved how you said that um (laughs) so i just want to hear why you love him so much and mm-hmm. how you came to know Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, let us in on this love story and how he brought you into his glorious light. Listen, it is truly a love story that is ever growing, ever growing. I may even start crying right now because I just think, mm. <laughs> I just think about how good God is. Oh, and it's like, why wouldn't you love him? Like it's, it just doesn't make any sense Mm. not to love him. I don't comprehend that. I can understand a little bit, but I don't comprehend not loving him. Um, I have loved him all of my life. I, I, I feel like I came into the world loving God because it's just all I knew. It's what was embedded in me through my mom. Um, my mom is, um, is an evangelist and traveled around preaching the gospel and, um, God really used her, um, to, um, to really lead and guide me in the way of the Lord. And so I really don't remember when I gave my heart to Jesus, um, as a child. And so a part of me really feels like I did it like right when I came out of the wound, just like, Jesus, I accept you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Because I've just always, I've just always known that Jesus is Lord. I've always known that God is real. And I have, um, I have loved him ever since I was, I can even remember, like there's a picture of me, um, when I was maybe one or two in church and my hands are just lifted. It was just my, I don't know. It was just my, my upbringing. It it was just a part of who I, who I am. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and so I have always, always known that God is real. And what's so cool, uh, about, about my story is that, um, I did not learn. I've always loved God but I did not learn God's love toward me until about um, maybe eight or nine years ago. Mm. Um, 
like I've never had a problem with loving God and, and being obedient to God um, with my life. But I've known that God loves me, but the unconditional love, I did not understand. And I, it took um, a lot of situations in my life and for me to look back on those situations and to see God's hand in them to realize how much he really, 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 really loves mm, me yeah. times three billion kajillion, whatever. Like his love is just, um, it, it's unconditional. It, it, it can't even be measured. It's so powerful. And so I, you know, I am just, I'm still learning on a daily basis because I, I grew up in a, in an environment where I was under the impression or even sometimes taught that you had to do this in order to get God's love. You had to do this in order to be less, to be blessed, excuse me. You have to do this, do this, do this. There's a long list of things that you have to do in order to earn God's love. And that is false. There is right. nothing that I can do, nothing that I can do to earn an ounce of his love, not even an mm. ounce. And so, um, that was really hard for me to receive when I first heard that because it it, tur it turned into the message of grace and what grace looks like. And for me, in my mindset at the, at the time, I was like, no, that's just a that's just an excuse for people to do whatever they want to do. Like we have to do this, you know, in order to 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 receive God's love. And God's like, mm, okay. I see where you are right now. <laughs> Let's take you on a love journey. Mm. And so um, God has just been taking me on this journey and breaking my mindset of having to feel like I need to work for his love. And um, I have worn myself out for years trying to do that uh, to the point that I actually had an emotional breakdown um, two years ago. 2017, I um, was hosting um, a house church um, at my house every Sunday. God had led me to open up my home for a time of worship and uh, being in the word of God with people and not caring you know, who would come, who didn't, just open up my, ho my home um, for an opportunity for people to experience his presence. And so I did that every Sunday. And um, one day my friend we had finished worship and my friend was speaking and she was speaking on being vulnerable with God. And, um, I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to be vulnerable with you and I'm trying to be open with you, but I just don't feel like I can, I, it's just too much going on. And after <laughs> the service was over, this was at my house. I left my own house. All those people were still there. I left and I drove to the lake and I, I pulled my seat back and I just laid down and I fell asleep and I woke up about 30 minutes later and my body was just completely numb and I could not feel anything. And I called my best friends and I told them, I said, I may need uh, for you guys to call the ambulance because um, I can't feel anything mm. right now. And my, my body is just, you know, not uh, cooperating with, with me and I don't know what's going on. I'm just overwhelmed. So I finally make it home and I I get in my bed and I call my mom and I just began to weep and I wept and I screamed and I yelled and just years of pain, years of um, all of the brokenness, years of trying to be perfect Isaiah Bailey. 
for everybody. Um, just, I could not do it anymore. I was a complete broken mess. And there is where the next healing journey happened for me. Um, I had been, uh, as a child, I had been molested and I had um, been through so much pain and abuse. And um, that pain and abuse just left wounds open for me. And that need for love and affection and for those wounds to be filled um, from the age of six up until 16, I was being sexually active. Six. Like, what child knows about this? Well, I did because I had been introduced to it um, through molestation. And then the door was just open and I could not talk to anybody about it because I knew that it wasn't right. Um, but I just could not. It was like a a chain around my neck. I could not break through. But one thing that I do remember about that time is that God's presence never left me. God's presence never left me. And that is something that I just realized, you know, a few a few months ago that his presence was ever there uh, wooing me back in because I did not have the knowledge or the wisdom to know that I could talk to him about it. And um, he stayed there and waited for me uh, to finally talk to him about it. And I finally just talked to him about it about two years ago. This is what age mm-hmm. I was maybe 26. Um, so um, he's so gracious and he's so kind that he did not with withhold um, any good thing from me, even in the midst of me not fully surrendering and giving him my total heart because I was trying to protect those um, those wounds in my heart that I had. And, um, and I thought that I had healed from them because I had made the decision at age 16 to, to, to surrender my life to the Lord. Um, and, and, and since then I have been, been celibate and that's been what, 13 years or so. And, like I, I've given that portion of my heart to the Lord, but there was still a portion of my heart that I did not give over to the Lord. And I did not realize mm-hmm. it until that night when um, when I had that emotional breakdown that I had just bandaged over wounds and they were infected, like nasty infected. And mm-hmm. so I had to go through that painful process of ripping off that bandaid, exposing the wound, exposing the wound to the Lord and saying, okay, here it is. This is what I'm dealing with. This is the pain that I have. It is very painful and I really don't want you to see it. I really don't want you to heal it. I don't want you to touch it because it hurts. It really, really, really hurts. But you said that you would heal me. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to, to take me through this process of healing. And so I surrendered those bandages to him and I allowed him to, to do surgery on my heart. And since that day, I have just seen God just stripping things away. And it's been a painful process because, you know, those things have, are rooted, you know, in, in my heart. So you have to go in and uh, uproot those things, but also, you know, the, the, the heart has to heal from within uh, and then, you know, there's a, a beautiful scar that happens. And so 
right now I'm still, there's some things that I've healed over and it's scarred and there's other things that are still healing from the inside that sometimes, um, um, what do you call them? Triggers. Um, they, they happen and it just exposes to me that there's still a healing process coming and that I have not arrived and I never will arrive and that his grace is sufficient for me. Uh, second Corinthians 12, nine, I believe, um, you know, um, Paul was asking, you know, the Lord to, to take away this thorn in his flesh. And he asked God three times and he wouldn't take it away. But God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning that I know that you are weak and I want to walk with you through this weakness. And if you hold my hand, I will walk through this, you know, with you while you're weak and know that I see that you're even trying and I'm going to give you the grace to move on and, and to, to make it to, uh, to, to the destination, which is, which is eternal life. And there are a lot of times we have these, we have this flesh and it's just, it's a mess. This flesh is a mess and it just mm. wants what it wants. And if it doesn't get what it wants, it cries out. And it's like, God knows that. And he's not ho- holding that over our head. Um, but he's saying, walk with me walk with me. And I believe so many people, they stop walking with the Lord when that thorn just gets stronger and stronger. And it's like, well, it must be a part of me. Then I must, you know, I, I, I can't change and I, I can't seem to shake this. So, you know, it must be who I am. And God's like, no, that's not who you are. It's just something that you're struggling through, but my grace is sufficient for you. And I want to walk with you through this. And we just have to make the decision to walk with the Lord and know that there's no condemnation. Um, in that because his grace is sufficient. Gosh, it just makes me think of Romans 8, 1, where it says there's therefore now no condemnation for mm-hmm. those who are in Christ Jesus. And I love that verse that you kept um, referencing that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. And it's so easy to just keep carrying around um, that darkness that's inside of us. You know, we all have mm-hmm. broken parts of our stories and, and then, like you said, you brought it into the light that night and he just met you there so powerfully. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, the surrender is a constant process. Constant. Uh, and it's a daily taking up our cross and laying it before the Lord and, and knowing that Jesus took the weight on the cross for us so that we didn't have to carry that weight around. Right. Um, and yeah, your testimony is just such a, a beautiful picture of that that um he met you there and now you're able to say like look what god's doing yeah and still hurts and yeah um we still are human beings in Mm -hmm. in our flesh walking through it but um he never leaves us or forsakes us never wow thanks for sharing that isaiah oh of course so you talked about like the night that you um really saw your need um to just lay all of that before the Lord. What mm-hmm. do you feel like, was there like a trigger or what What do you feel like got you to that point? Was it just like not wanting to carry it around anymore? Like you were just full? It was, it was the conversation about being honest with God. And mm-hmm. for years I knew that I had not been honest with God. And I knew that I had not taken the time to, to be a friend to him and say, hey friend, this is what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And I am so embarrassed um, by this and I feel like you're going to judge me. And I don't, 
I don't want to be judged, but I cannot hold this in anymore because I am tired of talking to people about it because people only have so much that they can give me and you are supposed to be the all-sufficient one. And I'm coming to you with absolutely nothing to give but this part of me. Mm. And I really 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 need for you to move for me and I felt I felt like there was like a silence for a moment which caused me to be very upset and why I left my home because I was like why why am I even doing this and it's when I just finally let go of because I there was a part of me that wanted to surrender, but I was still holding on because I was afraid that I was going to be disappointed and that God was not going to meet me and that he was going to require something of me to give up. Mm. And I felt like I had been giving up everything. I had been giving up, you know, the dreams that I had and I had been giving up of myself of, to people. And I give people 100% of myself and pouring out to people and trying to be this for this person and that for that person. And I'm like, Lord, I have given, I have given my entire life to you. And I don't know if you are going to um, be enough for me. Hmm. And so I, I, I want to surrender, but I can't. And, and me tugging uh, with that, uh, with that um, argument caused me to be upset and then I was like I just can't do it anymore and that's when I busted wow so since that surrender what share for the listeners like what does that surrender look like day in and day out for Isaiah Mm -hmm. now just like continuing to step into his glorious light and um, to just receive the grace that he offers us every single day Mm -hmm. just walking with God what's that look like um, it's a moment to moment thing for me. Yeah. There are some days where I am feeling great and, and all things are well. And then the next day the enemy just comes in and just one, one little thing can just spiral mm. my whole day. Like I am, I'm really huge with connection with people. Like I don't, I don't do well with surface level relationships with people that um, are a part of my inner circle. Like I can do surface level with people, you know, cause uh, you know, you have to do that. Everybody's not supposed to be in your inner circle. And so, but when it comes to the people that are in my inner circle, if you're surface level, I got to move you. I got to move you to another, to another circle. Um, because I love hard. I love very hard and we are not supposed to have expectations of people, um, to, to do anything for us. We love because we are loved and we, and we give that love and hopefully we find people that have that same mindset. And so it's just always, uh, something that's reciprocal. Um, and so you don't have to worry about being loved, but there are many times where I find myself in situations where people don't love me back the way I give the love. And that is an issue on my end because I am expecting them to do that. And there's a part of my heart that is, um, that is still healing and still expecting people to be that void feeler and they cannot. And God has to be that. And so I 
sometimes am triggered by a friend not texting me back immediately or after 30 minutes and then I see that they posted on Facebook or I see that they responded to someone in a group text and I'm like, I just sent you a message and I sent you a message with something on my heart and you did not respond. What did I do wrong? So I go down this path of trying to figure out what I did wrong. And then I'm like, nope, I didn't do anything wrong. They're just busy. They're just busy, but they're posting on Facebook. What is going on? And then it's like, it just, it just ruins my day. And then I find myself getting condemned. I condemn myself for, um, feeling that way because then a few hours later I find out that this person accidentally skipped over my text and missed it and then I feel bad because I feel like they don't love me and then I start acting out like like you know like a child pouting like giving people the silent treatment and all of that like a child I'm like what in the world is going on with you Isaiah and then there are 30 text messages not responded in my phone because I have not responded because I get busy. <laughs> and it's like, Isaiah, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's we're so not, go- we're not going to walk. So we're not going to walk in a double standard. We're just not going to do that. Oh, so man. that has also helped me <laughs> it, with that trigger. That has helped me to respond to people um, when I can and, and try to go back and read and be proactive in that, but also giving my grace when I giving myself grace when I cannot do that, but also realizing that the enemy will use that as a trigger. And I have to remember the last time that it happened. And Mm -hmm. I, I found myself (laughs) in a foolish state because I allow the, the wound in my heart to speak louder than the truth. And the truth is I am loved and God has surrounded me with wonderful people, but they are also human and I cannot depend on them to, to uh, be perfect because they won't and they cannot fill voids um, and they cannot heal wounds. They can, they can lead me to the healer, but they can't heal me. Right. Yeah. It just makes me think, I think I'm reminded a lot that God doesn't expect me to be perfect. So, mm-hmm. but yet I oftentimes expect people around me to be perfect. Yes. And I'm like, yes, that's same. not the kind of love he extends to me. So why am I doing that to other people? Right. Um, so that's real. I really relate to that. Okay, Isaiah, at the end of every show, I ask, I ask you two fun questions. Are you yes. ready? Okay. I'm okay. Excited. I'm going to ask you what musical have you been loving recently? Oh, Musical theater. <sighs> oh my word. I actually have not been listening to a lot of musical theater, but let me tell you, Dear Evan Hansen. It's a good one. It it just does something to me. Yeah. It, it coincides with a lot of my story. Mm. I can relate to a lot of Dear Evan Hansen. First of all, the recording quality of that show, the engineering is just so good. And so I just love listening to that part mm-hmm. uh, of the album, but then the words and then the, the singing and everything. And it's just so beautiful. I would love to do that show. I am a little too old to play Evan, but if someone does a concert version, please count me in and I would love to play Evan Hansen. Please and thank you. 
Please and thank you. I love that. <laughs> what has been your favorite way to express yourself creatively during quarantine? I think we've all experienced that as artists. You got to mm-hmm. get creative when you get creative. Can't get on stage. Oh my word! Mm, so I have actually have been blessed with some wonderful opportunities um, in the Midwest to where I could. Um, can sing uh, at some churches for their live stream. And so I have been able to do that. And that has been such a blessing because there's been a few times that I've been able to sing with an orchestra, all, you know, socially distanced and all, but there is just, I've been blessed to be able to do that. And there's something so special about it that I, I don't think I ever really took it for granted, but I just became so more, more and more, uh, excuse me, appreciative of the opportunities to be able to do what I love to do and to be able to uh, give God glory through that and to see how his creation is just, it's, it's indescribable, just how he could create someone to create an instrument to make sound that is so beautiful and that glorifies him and that puts us in a state of worship and praise because we think about just how good he is just because he created something so beautiful and and just the voice mechanism in itself is just god like what were you thinking when you were like you know i want to make these vocal cords and i want Mm. i want this person to sing and i and i and i want them to give me glory with their voice so i'm gonna i'm gonna make them a tenor and then i'm gonna make this person a baritone i'm gonna make this person um you know, all of this, that, and the other. It's just so cool to just think about, like, God, what were you thinking? What were you thinking at that time? And yeah. yeah, it's just, he wants us to give him glory because giving him glory, it just invites his presence. And when his presence is near, um, it just provides space for us to get to know him. And that's all he wants. He wants to, he wants us to get to know him and he wants us to get um, and he like he wants us to get to know him and he wants to get to know us, even though he knows us fully, but he takes that time to to allow us to express ourselves to him. And I think that's just he's such a gentleman. And I think that's so cool. Such a gentleman. I can't wait to hear God's voice. Like to just Listen, hear him sing. I'm gonna pass wow. out. <laughs> We're gonna pass out. Wow, it's gonna be amazing. It's probably I, the I, most glorious thing we've ever heard. It's like listen, every beautiful voice that we love combined into one. Listen here. Wow. I I used to think of heaven being like this when we enter in like this staircase that's just forever long and everybody's just kind of waiting in line like in Walmart. And then like <laughs> I I always just <laughs> envision myself wearing a helmet. Like wearing a helmet because when I meet Jesus, I'm just gonna fall down the steps because <laughs> I'm not gonna helmet. be. Able to, and he's just That's gonna creative. have to pick me up, you know, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to stand. No, as the song says, you know, I can only imagine. I can only imagine myself wearing a helmet, knee pads, elbow pads, because I'm falling down the steps <laughs> of glory. Well, good thing your whole body's gonna be restored like <laughs> right. two seconds later. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> You can break every bone. Right. Isaiah, how can we keep up with what you're doing? I don't know if y'all want to keep up with me. I'm a little... We want to keep up with you. Listen. Well, here's the thing. My website is under needed 
construction, uh, but it is new, and I believe it is. Um, it's a it's a new URL. Is that how you call it? Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. It's uh, Isaiah. That sounds right. I think it's IsaiahBailey.com. Let me look. Okay. I think it's IsaiahBailey.com. Um, but you can also um, follow me on the Instagram and Facebook at um, Sang Isaiah for Instagram and um, Isaiah Bailey on Facebook and Twitter. I don't really use that, but my Facebook kind of posted to my Twitter for me. So it looks like I'm active on there. Uh, but I think that's at Isaiah underscore Bailey. That's what that okay. is. Cool. And my website is IsaiahBailey.com. Please Great. don't go on there yet. Um, because it is a mess. We are but, unfinished products always, Isaiah. Listen, we are works this, in pro- process. Listen, and that works, is a works work in, in process. process. Works in progress. I like that. Works, works in, pro- in process. I like it. <laughs> I like works it in too. Process. It's all a process. Come on. Okay. Well, just thank you so much for coming on the show, Isaiah. It was such a blessing to me to hear your story and. I'm just excited to hear um, how this impacts the lives of all the listeners. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blessing for me to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a powerful conversation with my friend Isaiah. I hope it blessed you guys as much as it did me just talking to him makes me feel the love of God and honestly want to love God more. Hey friend, I'm so excited to dive into a passage of scripture with you today. Last episode, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world and how whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We talked through passages in scripture that explain what Jesus did for us on the cross, how we are forgiven and set free from the law of sin and death, and how to receive and accept the free gift of knowing the light of Jesus personally in relationship with him forever into eternity. So if you missed that, I just encourage you to go back and listen because it's good stuff, you guys. We have a passage in Isaiah 60 verse 1. If you have a Bible or the Bible app, I encourage you to open it up and read this verse along with me. Maybe you're driving or at the gym or making breakfast, and if that's the case, just lean in and listen as we read these words from the Word of God. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This verse is a description of the glorious light of God's kingdom, where Jesus will reign forever with his people for eternity. It's written, um, for some context, by the prophet Isaiah, whose words were inspired and given to him by God. A little over a year ago, I read this passage in Isaiah 60. Since that day, I have not been able to ignore the power and the call of this verse. Today, I'm going to dive into why this is so powerful for our very lives as followers of Christ. And then I'm excited to share with you some encouragement about the hope of what's to come in the kingdom that is coming. First, you must know that when you are in Christ, The glory of the Lord rises upon you, and therefore you are anointed with a calling to rise up and to shine, to share Jesus with the world, to live in the freedom of the grace and forgiveness that he has given you, and to step in and receive the fruit of the vine that empowers you to walk in the fullness of the free gift of God. 
you see the light of Jesus, you receive it and believe in him as we talked about last time, and then you get to rise up into his light. Once we receive the light of Christ, the Bible tells us that we are adopted as sons and daughters, given redemption, complete forgiveness of sins through his blood. We receive his grace, become co-heirs with Christ. We receive the promised Holy Spirit, and we have a measurable hope as we look forward to the day that we will one day share in the resurrection of Christ and spend eternity together with him and all who followed him before us. I believe God is uniquely rising up and positioning his children in all different industries to use their voices to bring his light to the world. For those who are in Christ, we are called to arise and shine as we anticipate and live for the future of the kingdom to come. It's our purpose here. We run the race that was set before us for this vapor of a lifetime as we look forward to being with him forever and eternity. So then we look at part two of the verse where it says, the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I've come to the conclusion that this whole life is a journey of trying to grasp the glory of the Lord until we one day see in full what we are experiencing in part. Recently, I've been learning everything I can about heaven. Maybe it's because the world is spinning out of control. And if that's it, then what a reason to just run to the word of God and to learn about the hope that is to come. I long to be with the Father, and I know that one day I will be. And when we read and learn in his word about the glory of the Lord, we are filled with new hope and joy, and we are given endurance as we live in between Jesus's ascension to heaven and the time when he will come back and make all things new. You guys, a reminder, Jesus is coming back. He died, he rose again on the third day, he ascended into heaven and is seated now at the right hand of God. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his glorious kingdom will have no end. As author Randy Alcorn says, we were made for a person and a place. Jesus is the person and heaven is the place. I feel led to talk to you about heaven because for those who accept the free gift of salvation in Jesus, we are on a journey to a destination. And that destination is pretty unreal and majestic and glorious. And the best part of it is that it is with Jesus. The pain, the mess, the brokenness, the fallenness of our world and of our lives is going to be made new. We get to live looking forward to the kingdom right now. God promises to us that all his children, whoever places their faith in Jesus, will live forever with him in heaven. First, it's important to know the future is his kingdom, heaven on earth. Heaven is God's dwelling place. He is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere at all times, but heaven is the place from which he reigns. When God's children die, we immediately go to heaven to be with Christ. But when we read scripture, we know and understand that one day God will bring the present heaven down to a newly transformed earth, and this will be where he will reign with his people forever and ever. That means God will come down to live with us in our place. The new earth will be literally heaven on earth. For a long time, I didn't know this. And now that I do, I cannot stop sharing it because it shows how much God loves us and His creation here on earth. His plan is and always was to be with us here. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 through 4, it says, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, 
and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He created us for him, and we were made to dwell with him. That's what we look forward to. The new earth will literally be heaven on earth. So you might be asking, so why did God create the universe? God created the entire universe for his glory and our good. He created the world to put his glory on display that we, his people, might know him and love him and show him to others. But humanity rebelled and the universe fell under the weight of our sin. From the beginning, God had a plan in place for humanity's redemption, the greatest story ever, the restoration of creation, forever rescuing us from sin and corruption and ultimately death. And he will renew all things. Jesus Christ secured the new earth's eternal future where life will be lived in complete fulfillment without sin in the way God always intended it to be. In Revelation 21, he also says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Satan attempted to mess things up when he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, but he couldn't thwart God's great plan. Our sovereign creator had a redemptive plan to restore all that was lost. This redemption story that includes Jesus's incarnation, life, death, resurrection, as well as the devil's final destruction. Jesus says of those who would be his disciple, my father will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. John 14, 23. This is the kingdom to come. The kingdom so beautifully described in the passage Isaiah 60 that displays the glory of the Lord in its fullness. I encourage you to go on to read because the entirety of the chapter is just unbelievable. So what is the kingdom? God chose earth to be the place God's people will reign and reveal the wonders of his grace through Jesus and through the redemption of mankind, the earth. Daniel 7, 18 says, the holy people of the most high will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. All of creation will be reconciled and united in Jesus. As Matthew 6, 10 says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This will finally be answered. Guys, we will spend forever enjoying God. That is some good news. What excites me is to dream about how we will use the arts to praise God. The new earth will surpass the present earth, so I know that even the best music and art and stories will be found in heaven, bringing honor and praise to God. We will enjoy feasts with Jesus and the kingdom, laughing and loving and celebrating the glory of the Lord and his creation together with him forever. Our best everything lies ahead of us. And knowing that matters because we get to start living like that's where we're headed now. It empowers us to rise up and shine. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 2 says, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, 
not on earthly things. Guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for spending time in God's word with me. I hope you were encouraged today and that it brings you a new hope and a new joy. As always, I'm going to end with a prayer. Dear God, we just thank you for creation, for your love for us. It's so big and deep and wide, so big that you had a beautiful story of redemption from the beginning. Thank you that through your son, Jesus, we were rescued and that by his grace, we can be in relationship with him and look forward to the day that we will dwell with you in the kingdom of God here on earth, heaven on earth. God, it's just unreal and it's a powerful truth to know. And we thank you that you give us the word of God to learn about what we are looking forward to. I pray for the listener on the other side of this podcast. I pray that they are encouraged by these words, that you meet them right where they are at. And I pray that they come to know Jesus for themselves personally, and that this truth floods them with peace in knowing that in him, they get to rise up and shine and one day see the glory of the Lord face to face. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Every Monday morning, you will see a new conversation appear and you won't want to miss the guests I'm having on the show in the coming weeks. Also, make sure and subscribe to my newsletter and I'll send you an email each week with the show notes, with links from the show, the scripture we studied together, and a few surprises and updates as always from me, Laura Lee. Friend, I am so excited when I hear from you. If you are loving the show or you have any questions, praise reports, suggestions of guests you'd love to meet, anything at all, reach out to me by responding to your newsletter to my email, podcast at lovelauralee.com. A big thanks to Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard on the podcast. And also thanks to Colleen Bruton for editing the show. I have a request. Would you share it with a friend? You never know how one person's story could be exactly what that person on your heart needs to hear today. Go live in the light, friend. You are so loved.